Well, good afternoon, and welcome to the Jack Michael Show. Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson in for Jack today on this Friday, and a busy Friday indeed here, Brad. I mean, it's just, I guess that's kind of how it goes here we were in discuss, Yeah, we kind of discussed that the other day about how uh, now when you get to the... I don't want to call it crossover. I guess it's just hockey starting, yeah. but it really, you know, when you start seeing another month when you get the college basketball. And um, before I jump back into doing radio full time, I always knew, I always knew there were certain times of the year that I knew I was going to get phone calls and texts saying, "Hey, can you come here?" and "Hey, can you come here?" and it was always November was always one of them because you had the transition between football and basketball and a little bit of hockey and such. So you knew you'd be busy then, and then, of course, February and March. But uh, it's even kind of bled into October a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we have that. We're kind of a – it's always a bittersweet day that uh, you'll you'll be talking with the Corey Provost for the last time in yes. uh, 2022. Yeah, we'll visit with Corey, and i uh, curious to get his thoughts on, uh, you know, what the season was for the Twins. And, you yeah. know, it was – very promising season that, boy, this ended with a big thud the last uh, four to six weeks of the year. And what do they do going forward? And curious, I, w- I want to ask him about, you know, what's the percentage of Carlos Correa coming back Oof. as a twin? Kind of get his, because I know he had a chance to visit with Correa the other day and uh, just didn't see, see kind of if he got any read on that. And um, I'm yeah, guessing a lot of things Scotty Boris to. and Carlos Correa are keeping that pretty close to the vest. Yeah. I would imagine, yeah. And I think you know it, it's been discussed too. There's a lot of good shortstops in the market, and does does Correa kind of see what the tea leaves read in that, and more so does Scott Boris look at that as well? And and yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions there. Um, I think there's there's kind of a hole at catcher. I think you know what do you do with the rotation and. Uh, with some of the rule changes next year, and how do yeah. the how do the Twins adjust to that? Because honestly, with the roster they have, I don't know if they are uh, they are set up for those rule changes uh, very well. If you are Carlos Correa, one reason you may not exercise your option, as you said, the market's you know pretty flush, and also you didn't really have your you know if, if this would have been a true walk year, it wasn't really maybe. He had a good end of the season, but wasn't one of these stellar years where you go, okay, I can get $40 million somewhere else, right? I mean, that's my opinion. Hey, Corey, when previous conversations described his year as good, not great. Yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, I, mean, I think and that's for, fair and to for say. And for $35 million, you needed great. Yeah, and, and so that's maybe why he'll be a twin next year. And I guess with Royce Lewis kind of up in the air, you know, that's maybe a good thing. Yeah, so. you're probably looking, boy, if, if Lewis comes back, you're looking maybe mid-season at, at the, the earliest. earliest. Yeah. Um, and where do you and where are you going to put him? And yeah, I mean, the, we know he's not going to play center field ever again after uh, what happened there. So. Yeah, no, no question. So we will uh, talk a little bit about baseball and the playoffs are underway as we speak. By the way, and we can, we'll keep you up to date yep. on that. Yep. Uh, I actually had somebody message me today and says, uh, uh, "We're gonna have some of that. We're gonna try and get some of the baseball playoffs on as we can, as much as we can. We've got to work around." Uh, uh, work around our schedules, high school sports, and then we've got UND, UND hockey yeah. over here tomorrow, and uh, we will do the best we can to try and get games, uh, get some of those postseason It was games much easier, you. if we're going to be honest, that, you know, back in the days when you didn't have, you know, half the league in the playoffs, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was easier to get all the games on, right? Right, right. And so it's a little different animal, and I, I know for a lot of people it's a little tough. I mean, there's no doubt. I don't think we're – I mean, I think we're obviously making it pretty easy with the – the app they have, they make it easy too for ESPN right. Radio. Very, so, very true. And, yeah, and, that's, that's, and uh, so, 
We encourage you to go there too. And yeah, I mean, just baseball day. as a public service, we want to do that for you because I mean, I, I get it totally. But uh, the, the Guardians and the Rays now tied at the end of four, so that's where zero zero no yep, score. no score in that one. And uh, be curious to get Corey's take on that too, uh, how he looks at that series. I think Cleveland. You know, I like him. I do I'm too. kind of pulling I for just... him. I really am. I like how Terry Francona manages. I like how he plays kind of old school ball. They they pit, they have good starting pitching that that you know goes deep. I, I mean, it's one of those rare times where I'm actually pulling for a division rival to go in. God rest his soul, Mike Trauma. I don't hate the <laughs> Cleveland Guardians because they play in the American League Central. Because like Mike hated the Royals a year. Yeah, those couple of years they were good. Yeah, like, I was like, on. I can't hate the Royals, Mike. Uh, God, God bless you. But he and, I, and a lot of people are like that, but. Like, if the Lions went on and got a run and they were actually good, I couldn't hate the Lions, right? Right. It's hard for me to pull for the Bears or Packers, but... I can understand. The Lions, I was happy the Royals won the World Series a few years ago. I think Kansas City deserved it. Now, they got a Super Bowl in the World Series in the past few years. They can be done for another 20 years, yeah. for all I'm concerned. But. There's only good first-round matchups there. Uh, Phillies and Cardinals, uh, that's... I, I'd probably favor the Cardinals there, but you never know. Seattle and Toronto is really intriguing to me. Yes. Um, boy, the Mariners really finished strong. Um, and it's hard not to pull for them. A yeah, bit. I say they'll went twenty plus year drought. San Diego and the Mets is you know the Mets. Yeah. Mets kind of folded down the stretch. Have a tough time with Atlanta, um, but I still think they are. Um, but they won one hundred and one games. They did. They did win hundred games, <laughs> yes. and I still think they are primed for a postseason run too. Um, but that's an intrigue. You know, just for kind of from star power, it's a pretty good first. Well, especially with the Padres there. not having all the bullets in their chamber, and mm-hmm. you know, and they're still doing pretty well. Yep, so hung in there well. Do you like this format where this, these teams play this weekend and then we start? I mean, I, it's it's. I think it's a I lot. do. It's a lot of baseball, and you know, it's a lot to try and follow. Um, but we saw that. I think they kind of gave it a, a a test drive in the COVID year in twenty. Right. And as a baseball fan, I do like it. It is a lot to follow. And if you are a baseball junkie, you can watch pretty much watch baseball from morning from late morning till late at night if you uh, if you so choose. But I do. I mean, it. You start bleeding the World Series into November. Now that part I don't like. So maybe yeah. it's something I know. Well, that that's lockout related too. And that's and, true because they did push it back a week. So that's. Uh, next year it'll be back in normal in, in, the, in that schedule as well. I saw a, a Facebook post from our colleague Tyler Axness, and I got to th- got to thinking about this. He's out of town for work today. I think he's what, he's up in Morrowood, I believe. Yes. And he realized for the first time some places aren't able, and in parentheses, willing to carry Thursday night football since the stream change. And he was asking if it's a widespread thing. I think there will be an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Not for the better. I think this is kind of the future we're at right now. Well, and and the, and the but because I do know bars that are up to date. I mean, I know a bar owner. I give her credit because I think it's part of your advertising. Come watch the game. You kind of have to know that's part of being a sports bar and grill, especially in t- small town America. So she'll pop on everything, and then you know you can shoot your phone to the TV. So if I have a, an account, you know that's kind of how it goes this day and age. I think it'll come. But the inconvenience of a small town bar, if they want to go with just their one dish network or direct TV or whatever it is, and they can't get it, that, it's problematic for sure. I was at uh, last Thursday, uh, the bride and I, we were child free for the night. We decided to go out to an uh, establishment and they did have it on. They had, uh-huh. uh, they had about, you know, about eight, 10 TVs and I think it was on about half of them. So I, I, 
I do. I think uh, the bigger places in town here are figured it out, figure right? it out, but yeah, you're, you're your your small town bars. If you're, going it's going to gonna be a little tougher, or, I think. You yeah. know, especially the rural ones who are like in really small small town bars, or maybe out in the country. You know, what I mean, those type of things. I and, think I think the bigger question is is not so much whether you can stream Thursday night football. Would you want to watch it because it has been crap? Last well, there's that, weeks. but it has been. The, the history of Thursday Night Football have been bad games, and we know what the problem is. It's I mean, not I, that complicated. And I guess I didn't have as big an issue. It was funny because I know when we talked about this last week or a couple of weeks ago, I had somebody say, you know, and I said, if, if the NFL was going to do a test drive on this, Thursday Night Football was the guinea pig, and it was the perfect example mm-hmm. to do it because they're usually not the best matchups, and I think once the networks, uh, once Fox said, yeah, we don't want to deal with this anymore, um, I think it's and that's it's it's going to go farther in, in that realm in that realm that it's going to the other way. So, oh, I thought we could have Tuesday night football as I've mentioned before. Well, the NFL, if, if the NFL could have it every day, they would. Well, and we know why, but I do think it's what makes the the sport unique compared to other sports. And I think they're kind of uh, you know watering down their product to the f- fact that we don't need to have it every day. I really don't. I think it, I'd much rather have Tuesday night football. As weird as that sounds, I'd much rather have Tuesday night football because I think it it, it kind of it, it's more of a natural break if you're you know waiting for Sunday and Monday and you know college football on Thursday night was fine for me. I mean, watching Marshall Falk versus Ty Detmer in the '90s was good. I mean, that was good TV. That was fifty-six to fifty with BYU in, and San Diego State was much better than what we're seeing. Yeah, the from, whack of the old days was ahead of the curve. Oh, they? that was so good, wasn't it? Oh my heavens, yes, I'd much rather have that. That day, uh, uh, young man was. He, you're older than me. From uh, grew up in Lisbon, actually played for Wyoming, and I remember he was oh. on Thursday Night Football a couple. Of times. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, all right, caller, you're on the line. Go ahead. Oh, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I know that Thursday night game last night was not <laughs> was not very <laughs> enjoyable. That was, that was some um, unpleasant football. Yes. Yeah, all I was gonna say was um, I'm not gonna say it on the air here, but there is. Um, no shortage, I guess I'll say, of resources if you didn't want to pay for Amazon to stream it. Sure. Um, you know, I uh, off, off the air maybe or something, like if you guys wanted to know, I know I could name a couple for you or whatever, but it's kind of amazing or impressive because I don't know if you guys remember if you go back about, say, maybe five to seven years, there was sort of a fad with the, um, oh, let's just say the streaming devices, when they first came out, you know, like Roku and Fire Stick or whatever with mm-hmm. the quote, whole like jailbreak, you know, and and getting free content or whatever. Well, seems now that the younger generation than you fellas and me, I'll just assume anyway or presume that you guys are close to me. I know Derek's close to me in age. I don't know about the other fella. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is that the younger generation definitely is like everything should be open source content should be close to free if not free like across the board i know that i know that probably sounds ridiculous to us you know of older generations or whatever because you're like well how do you know how does it work how do people get paid that well they're still advertising yes listen we're radio people we offer everything for free so i'll tell you will for what i don't ever understand yeah what i don't understand is when we hear the local stations are negotiating with these cable outlets or these about per subscriber rates I never have understood that. When Channel 6, 11, and 4 do that, and then all of a sudden they drop off one of the – I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
So you don't want your advertisers to be on those platforms because that's where people are getting their, your product. Right, right. It's and, weird. And I mean, if it was up to us. Joel Heitkamp and I have talked about that many times. If someone wanted to put a camera in and have it shot across their TV station for three hours as News and Views program, he'd do it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, all we right, do is probably right. run a barter to make sure some of our ads ran on it, right. and we give it to them for nothing. That's how most of these outlets that we get, you know, that's kind of how many of these uh, syndicated networks are, the, the big yep. sports, right. you know, the talk right, shows. Right. It makes yeah, no sense. For us radio people, we're with you. I don't understand why everyone has to have a prescriber fee. Because right now ESPN's fighting with Dish Network. I went to sit down at my oh, parents right, last week to okay. watch the, the Gophers, and I had to go shoot my t- you know, my stuff to my TV from DirecTV mm-hmm. Stream. It's, just, it's, it's too much. And for a generation, it's confusing enough. To have a cable box and figure out between the TV button, the cable box button, this is a really problematic <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people. I got a fire, yeah. I got a fire stick for Christmas a couple years ago, and I was intending to use it. By the, I, I still have cable. I feel like an old man, but I, but I still have cable. <laughs> well, you should break that. You should definitely break that thing open and, and get using it or whatever. It like is, I said, I mean, yeah. you, you shouldn't have to hunt far or wide very much, or even just ask people that are. You know, fifteen to twenty years younger than you. Like, you know, hey, how do you get that game? You say you mentioned you watch it. Like, like I don't have anything that has Valley Sports, okay? Okay. And and um, go back, uh, whatever what it was, two seasons ago or eighteen months ago when they took over uh, the Twins and the um, the Wolves and and whatever, okay? So for the first probably whatever it was six nine months there, you know, I was like, well, this is really you know lame, bogus, whatever. But then I through coworkers I've kind of bumped into that are basically about like i said 15 to 20 years younger than me and just you know kind of eavesdropping her over here and at times i'm chattering i'm like i'm like hey are you are you paying to watch that and they're like no no you, you go use this you know you go use that or whatever and and the bottom line is is like i don't i don't know if they're using you know servers across the world or whatever and you know hacking those big companies <laughs> those billion dollar corporation streams and and you know I guess in a sense, pirating them or whatever you want to call it, you know, sort of like right. that. I don't remember the name of the movie, but there was that one movie not that long ago where there was like a pirate radio broadcast off the coast of England, you know, the guy in the water and the boat and stuff. And I'm just like, well, it's the same thing. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's the same thing. And you can say, well, that's illegal, this, that, or whatever. But I would, I would hearken back. I don't know if you guys remember this Christian Slater movie from, uh, I don't know if it was 89 or 90, but pump up the volume, his character in that movie was like, it's just the air. It's it should all be free, or I mean, at no cost, right? Yeah. And then like you guys just, you know, hit better than me being in radio. It you have your advertisers and your marketers or whatever your commercials, and, yeah. and that's that, you know. So thanks, guys. You guys take care. Uh, yep. Hopefully, uh, the uh, MLB playoffs here are are interesting. And everything. I I'm going for the Dodgers over everybody else. So you guys have a great day. All right, sounds Appreciate good. It. Thank you. I did. Uh, I hosted. Uh, for Joe Heitkamp when he was on the honor flight on Tuesday, yes. and kind of my whole theme was on, I do think part of the, at, there's two things I think where the Twins attendance was down. I think there's still people in the rural parts of this uh, state of Minnesota and also the Dakotas and where they go where they just don't want to go down downtown Minneapolis. To them, it still looks like escape from New York from what they saw in 2020, right? I mean, it's just, yes. it's, so there's that part of it. And I also think that when Bally Sports took over Fox Sports Net North and they got in all these fights with YouTube TV and Hulu and, and certain cable companies and uh, Dish Network and kind of got in bed with DirecTV exclusively, yep. I think that hurt them. I, 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 I don't think it's good because for the people who cut the cord, 
and they don't want to jump around from their streaming services. Mm-hmm. And I do recommend, you know, we we talked quite a bit about satellite solutions. You know, I do recommend Directv if you are a sports fan. And to your to you saying you feel like you're archaic with cable, I don't think that's wrong. I mean, because. I think for people out of Midco, it makes a lot of sense, especially if you like the regional sports. Well, if- and I, I know this like from Midco. I, I w- went there for, I was doing some other kind of business with, kind of with them in, in my house because I yeah. upgraded my internet and stuff. And, and I know they're kind of they're going to something called Midco TV where it's going to be kind of more internet based, where it's not sure. so much cable based, where it will kind of give you a little more accessibility if you're out and about and that type of thing. And, and I was, if you, he was explaining to me, and, I would, and Jody Norstead, we're going to have him on here later, talk some high school football, is kind of explaining some of that to me as well. So um, I think that's even even cable companies are going that. Well, they have to, or they're going to get left behind. Right, I mean, exactly. I think th- that model, I mean, they're going to be the yellow pages if they don't do that, right? right. So that's... Te- Texter says, Thursday night football is fine, but change it so it's during the weeks when bye weeks are going on, then I have two teams coming off their bye week play yes. each other. And I think... Amen. I yes. said that last week, I no think. No doubt. Yeah. You were talking about the you know the, the Twins things. Doug Lear and I had a discussion about that, about, you know, the attendance was down. And I I said, they said I think the fans were disgusted with Rocco and just the inconsistent play and just yep. and a lot of that. I think part of it's inflation. Um, if you maybe make one or two trips down to the cities, you maybe made one or none. Well, I don't think four twenty-five gas helped either. Th- that and I think, and you know, if you're going to go, it's an investment, man. It's expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, the Twins will do some ticket offers and such, but it's still expensive to go. Yeah, I mean, you as a family of three is still going to cost you a couple hundred dollars. Right. There's no getting around right. it. And, and uh, I, I mentioned the TV streaming problems. You know, out of sight, out of mind, basically. Yes. And. I I understand the Minneapolis isn't safe crowd, but you can go to a Twins game, get in the ramp, park in the ramp, or park close by, go to the game, get out, and you don't have to deal with Minneapolis that much. 100%. Yep. Yep. So, and I mean, I still feel pretty safe. You know, if you're not there late at, real late at night, or if you're just in certain parts of town that maybe you're not so certain of, but kind of know your your territory. Yeah, it's... It's a, it's just kind of how it goes, and, and and you know it's never been ideal if if you're not from there and you're not used to it and going mm-hmm. to downtown Minneapolis. Right. But yeah, I I totally agree with you 100 percent on that. Okay. All right. Uh, well, speaking of the Twins, we'll get uh, our weekly talk baseball this week as Corey Provis and Brad Anderson will be a channel of Twins baseball. I got to run out for a little bit here, but yep. uh, more coming up here on the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan. Twelve twenty-two, Jack Michael show. Jack uh, out of town, getting ready for a UND football. The uh, Fighting Hawks in Youngstown State on KFGO five o'clock in the kickoff tomorrow. And a big game for UND as uh, they will be off next week. And then South Dakota State looming in the background in a couple of weeks. The Jacks have a couple of trips to North Dakota. Big one with the Bison next week and in two weeks in Grand Forks. Tampa Bay and Cleveland are uh, scoreless as they continue on. They are in the uh, sixth inning, top of the sixth inning there, as we uh, visit with the radio voice of the uh, Twins to wrap up the season. That's uh, Corey Provis, brought to you by Dean's Bulk Service. And, you know, Corey, you know, promising start. Twins in first place for a good majority of the season through August, and uh, boy, things end with a uh, with a thud uh, the final few weeks. And I just, when you look at the, um, when you look at the, the, the body of work as a whole in uh, the this, this season, what do you look at at 2022? 
I, I just don't know how you find much to, to reflect on and say, you know, it, it was positive. And yes, individually, you know, Luis Arise winning a batting crown, fantastic. You know, Joe Ryan setting a, a Twins, you know, rookie strikeout record in a given season. Um, you know, things like that, you know, certainly will stay with me. But, man, this team, they blew it. I mean, they just they just blew it. That's the best way to – and the honest, most honest way I can I can, I can tell it. And they had talent. They had the division. They were in first place for four months. And then, yes, the injuries began to mount in just a comical fashion and manner. And that, that certainly played into, you know, the end result. Um, but I'll say this, that I, I just think when you look back at the season, missed opportunities early on, the bullpen struggles, uh, not doing well in one-run games, not doing well. Um, you know, against certain divisional teams, I think there were missed chances early. Yes, the the, the injuries were, were were so significant at the end. But man, I, I think too earlier in the year, not capitalizing when they had healthier players and they were playing weaker teams, I think certainly what uh, was a big part of how how the season ended and why it ended in the manner that it did. I go uh, back to it was a couple of series, I think, late June against Cleveland where, you know, they lost a couple of games at home and then just a disaster. It was a five-game series. I think they won one. They could have won about three or four. It, it was pretty, maybe too early to tell at that point, Corey, but did you kind of see there were some warning signs there that maybe there's some warning signs that eventually came true come August and September? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the, 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 the trades that were made, you know, certainly the Taylor Rogers trade looks – horrible um and, and look taylor rogers had a bad year i mean so you, you could say well look at how rogers went and but i i'm just not convinced that taylor rogers would have had that same season had he stayed and you know the chris paddock you know injury was significant and and, and he's not going to be he's not going to be ready you know for a while i mean he's i didn't realize he kind of opened up about this on the last homestand he's not going to be ready to pitch maybe until late august so you're looking at a pretty much a lost season for, for Paddock again. So I just think that some of these moves, you look back on and say, like, what was it all for? Well, you're hoping you were getting, you know, a starting pitcher that was going to be impactful for a couple of years. And we'll be lucky, honestly, if he's fully healthy for one. And so that, that kind of stuff, I think, sticks with me. And I'm sure that sticks with the front office. And they reflect on you know, these trades that were made and just how it just did not, you know, go the way that they envisioned. And they'll have to think about that and talk about that and then see what they can do about that to, to rectify it. Luis Arise, a batting championship, and uh, and great to see there. And, and uh, I was looking at, I think, Lavelli Neal on the Star Tribune had kind of five things for next year. And one thing he said was, uh, you know, can you can you lock up Arise to a long-term deal? And I guess the, the question is long-term, where does he fit with this team? His bat certainly needs to be in the lineup. Does he play at first? Does he play at second? Is he kind of a hybrid player? I guess what would you uh, what would you look at for the future? I, I don't think there's a reason to sign him yet. Luis Arise, you know, and he had the, the the leg injury at the end of the year. He's a guy that also hasn't played a full season. You know, he, he there's something just just the way that his body it just he's not. And that's why you know, look, he went to to the Dominican and worked out with Nelson Cruz for a month. He said he's definitely doing that again. Um, he thinks it did wonders for him, and, and I'm sure it did. But, you know, Arise, he hasn't played 155 games before in a season, 150 games. So I don't know if they have to lock him up. I don't think that they have to do that. 
I think they could ride out the arbitration game for him for a while and, and, and see where he's at. But I, but I agree with LaBelle that he doesn't have a position, one-step position. Nick Gordon comparably doesn't have one-step position. Both guys are going to be on the team, barring trades, but I think both, you know, Gordon, who, who had a great season. That, that was a great story. I mean, seeing Nick Gordon finally healthy, putting up the numbers that he did, he's going to be a part of this team, and that's awesome. That a former first-round pick, it took him a long time, but finally flourished and had success, and fantastic. So McGordon and Arise, you know, they're, they're two guys that will be on the team, but, yeah, they, they won't have, I think, defined positions to say that they're going to play here every single day. And probably the same applies for Jose Miranda, too, Corey. I think he uh, he definitely showed some promise, but defensively, you know, at first base, is he a regular first baseman? Is he a DH? Another position I, I really, I don't know if it gets brought up a lot, is is catching. What's the, you know, obviously Ryan Jeffers, they hope he, he'll be in the future in some capacity, but uh, what do you look at behind the plate for 2023? I, I think that's an area they have to look at trades and or free agency because, their, their, their catching system in the minor leagues right now is, is, is not good. That, that Entering the year, I was told that if you isolate position after position and where are the Twins internally, where do they believe they're strong and where do they internally believe that they're weak, catching is what I was told. And, and I think we saw it. Caleb Hamilton was up for quite a bit this season, but he rarely caught. He rarely caught. So that tells me that you know, either he just wasn't ready to, to, to do it at this level at the manner that they needed somebody to do it when with Jeffers being out and Gary Sanchez had a bad year and, you know, he couldn't play every single day. That's why they went out and got Sandy Leon. But I, I think catching is an area that they have to seriously look at uh, because they got just, just not enough production. Uh, offensively and defensively, Ryan Jeffers, you know, his throwing was hit or miss, not great, and he had the thumb injury. That didn't help matters. And I think speed is certainly going to be in play more with with some of the new rules that are coming into play next season with the bases going from 15 inches to 18 inches. If you study the minor league trends, stolen base attempts have gone up uh, since the bigger bases have been in, and I would think that's going to happen too. And the Twins don't, A, as an offense, they don't have a lot of guys that, that run. I think that needs to change. But then defensively, they're just going to have to have guys that can throw. And there is a place in this game for a guy like, he's not on the team anymore, Ben Workbet. He traded him to the Yankees, but he'd be the perfect guy to, to try to have right now. You'll, you won't get much offense, but, man, the guy's got a cannon, and he'll, he'll run into a home run every now and then. That's, that's a guy that I'm sure the Twins would love to have back because that, that it took a hit. Their catching depth took a hit, and how they – Rank internally took a hit, so it's a shame that Ben Workbet uh, is no longer a twin. Yep, no doubt about it. Just uh, backup catchers, are, they're worth their weight in gold sometimes. On the bullpen side of things, is John Duran the closer next year? I mean, I think I think the pieces are in place. They just kind of need to reorganize things in the bullpen, but your thoughts on that? I think the bullpen looks okay. I think with Duran and Lopez and Theobar and Jack uh, and, and Giovanni Moran, I think that's, that's good. That's a good, little, that's a good little nucleus to have and build around that a little bit, I think that's, that's okay. I think the bullpen, I feel better about the pen. And, look, Emilio Pagan had a bad year, but he had a really good finish. Um, I think they just change and tweak what he throws. And when he throws it, I think he'll get better results. So I'm not – he's due about 3 or $4 million probably in arbitration. I, I, I think he's back. I, I think Emilio Pagan is back. And – 
So, yeah, the pen, I don't have the same concerns about the pen uh, going into 2023 as I did 2022. I think that, that, I think that group will be all right. Look at baseball, uh, the first round of the playoffs here this weekend with the wild card round. I think some real interesting matchups there. I think, uh, you know, I think Cleveland, Cleveland's a team that might be, uh, you know, I think equipped to maybe at least get out of the first round series. You got Seattle back for the first time in a while. And uh, just overall in baseball, some really good first round matchups. Um, I think Cleveland can sneak up on some people. I mean, the, the, the view of the, of the AL Central was that they're a joke and the laughing stock and, you know, Somebody has to get in, and it was you know, Cleveland. So I think they they're kind of kind of kind of playing with house money here a little bit. Um, that nobody thinks the Central was was worth anything, and I think they are going to surprise some people. That's a really good team that they can beat you in a in a couple of different ways. So I I, I think Cleveland. I'm with you. I think Cleveland has a chance to advance in this first round against Tampa Bay, and 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 may kind of surprise some people with how they play. They don't strike out. They put the ball in play. They've got starting pitching. They've got a great closer. They play really good defense. They can run. I think that's a team that uh, that, that, that may win a couple of games here. And, I, yeah, I think they're going to win their first round, and, and we'll see how they do beyond that. Uh, the uh, baseball world and Aaron Judge gets his 62nd home run, and I guess I, you know, I guess your feelings on, on that. Of course, a lot of people here. Um, kind of sad to see the, the Maris record broken, but I think you know the, the I think just overall Aaron Judge I think representing Major League Baseball in a very classy way, very classy way. And to me, Otani's amazing, but Aaron Judge this year should be the MVP. Uh, he came close to the Triple Crown, uh, but he, he did this all when he's a free agent, and he put all this. He said, I'm fine. I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to go out and perform. And, man, did he ever. And he, he is looking at a huge contract to have so many suitors. And I'm not sold that he's going to stay with the, uh, with the Yankees. I'm not. I think the Giants would love to bring him home. He went to Fresno State. They're the California guy. I think that would be intriguing. And I, I'll tell you what. The Mets, to me, are a team also to look out for. You know, that owner, brand-new owner, owner, Steve Cohen, he's been throwing around money. He wants to win. He'd love to stick it to the Yankees <laughs> and sign Aaron Judge to just a life-changing, you know, contract. So I'm not convinced that Aaron Judge is, is definitely going to be a Yankee uh, in 2023. I know you had a, a good visit with Carlos Correa here at the uh, the end of the season. Uh, the If you could put a percentage on Carlos Correa coming back as a, a twin for 2023 and maybe beyond, what would you put it out? I thought entering the year it was about 10%. I've gone up a little. I think there's like, I think it's not it's not 50, but I, I could say it's about anywhere between 30 and 40% that I think that they work out a deal to bring him back. Uh, so I still think he, he's more likely to leave, but I think that there is there is genuine interest and desire to keep him in a manner that that it'll have to be in order to keep him. Now, I don't think this has to be 10 years. I think this could be six or seven. With that, maybe you have to raise the annual average value of it. But I, I, I think he likes it here. I, just, I do. I think he likes it here. He keeps talking about the young core, the Miranda and Lewis and Kirloff and Larnick, and, and, and to be around those guys and Byron. I just think he – I think his family enjoyed it. And I think that they find a way to, to, to sign him. I, I, just, I just have that feeling that – I think he's going to be a twin. Now I'm not ready to, you know, you know, gamble highly on it, but I, I think that 
there's there's genuine interest to keep him, and I think in the end they they might get it done. Does he wait and see um, what the what the market looks like? Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of good shortstops that'll be on the market is yeah. uh, something that he probably maybe this doesn't happen till right up to spring training. I hope not because I, I think the Twins can't afford to do that. I think that mm-hmm. they they can't afford just with how they want to set their team and set their payroll. I think they're going to present him with an offer and they'll give him X amount of days to take it and then it may be off the table. But Carlos is represented by Scott Boris. So the chances that he signs early, I think, are very slim. But, yes, I think he is, and I asked him that question, he's very aware of how his numbers stack up with Dansby Swanson and Xander Bogarts and Trey Turner. And he was superior in, in many advanced metrics, and he pointed those out. He, he, was very, he was very accurate with how he kind of mentioned his stats. And that's, he's a fascinating guy to talk to because if you're one that thinks analytics are, are, are nonsense and bogus, well, talk to Carlos Correa and he'll tell you how much that stuff does mean to him. And he got to the finish line, too, when many of his teammates did not. He got there at the end and played his best baseball the last you know five weeks of the season. So he got to the finish line, and he knows what it takes to keep his body right for, for when it matters most. And he had an unbelievable season. I mean, it was, it was, I thought it was a good season for all, not great. Ended up being a great season because of how he finished. Now, if you want to criticize and, and get on him for not coming up with, with a bigger hit earlier in the year, that's totally fair. I think that's accurate. But in the end, Carlos Correa had the best season of any Twins player. Corey Provost, radio voice of the Twins. Corey, uh, thank you all season long on behalf of Jack and Derek and myself here, and always appreciate your honesty and uh, and candor with uh, in regards to the ball club. And uh, well, a lot of things to uh, a lot of things that will be uh, up in the air here for the Twins here as we get into twenty twenty three. But uh, appreciate your time as always. Thank you. It's always a treat to come on, and uh, all my best, to everybody in the Red River Valley, and hope to see you guys on Caravan uh, in January. Sounds great. Thank you, Corey. Corey Provost, radio voice of the Minnesota Twins. 12.37, we'll talk some uh, high school football. Jody Norstad from Midco Sports joins us after this on the Jack Michael Show on the Fan. Let's get through winter together. Hey there, Travis Dunn for Around the Rink. Join me every Saturday morning at 9. Whether it's youth, college, or professional, I talk to those that make the game the greatest show on ice. Saturdays on Around the Rink on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Twelve forty and Jack Michael's show. Jack, I believe we'll be back on uh, on Monday as uh, we uh, will talk about uh, the Vikings and Bears on Monday and so much more. Gophers off this week as well, which is probably a break for you as a Gopher fan. I'm not sure. I don't know. That's a, eat that Purdue loss the way they played. I don't know. It's gonna be a, lot, a little tough. But yep. um, so, I, I think everyone's kind of focused on you know if, me being a. Go for fan. I'm kind of focused on that Iowa Illinois game. That's mm-hmm. going to kind of tell the tell. I think you Speaking know. Speaking of uh, Corey Provis, he'll be on the call on that one. Oh, is that right, Corey? It was. Uh, yep, he was on. He was on the road on his way to Champaign Urbana nice. for that. And uh, Jody Norstad from Midco Sports will be uh, out and about tonight uh, shooting highlights. And they have Varsity Sports Live, uh, which if I get home in time, I do try to. Uh, I try to watch that. Uh, you guys do a great job with that show. And Jody joins us right now to talk some uh, high school football. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm coming to you live from the Coles parking lot. I feel like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> oh wow! For my my Sunday after the game uh, outfit. Is it? Okay. 
<laughs> that's pretty. That's, you like that? I do creative. like that. Actually, that's very good, Jody. So, uh, boy, we're getting out of the home stretch here, at least on the North Dakota side. We'll be talking nine-man playoffs uh, next weekend, and uh, uh, we'll start. Let's start in eleven A and eleven AA. I know you're going to be at Hannah Field tonight, uh, one versus two, and there's no love lost anyway with the two communities of Valley City and Jamestown. Uh, whether it's the Vikings and Jimmies, or in this case the uh, the Blue Jays and the Highliners, is the uh, with uh, Last week with some actually the last couple of weeks with shakeups in 11A football, um, Valley City all of a sudden the last unbeaten left six and zero, and I think for maybe a lot of people, there's still a lot of unknown and uncertainty on this team. Yeah, and I mean, it, up until last week, it was like okay, I mean, we're waiting for Valley City to play someone, play someone a little bit more challenging. In uh, to their credit, they don't make the schedule. But what they've done against all those teams is they've just blown them out of the water. And I think we're, I mean, just in recent years, I mean, Valley City has kind of been a struggling program. But uh, we've been waiting to see them play someone. Tonight we get to see them play someone. They beat Wapington pretty good last week. I think they held them to 16 yards of offense. The Huskies, who had just beat Jamestown the week before, knocked off the number one team in the state. So to do that to the Huskies was impressive. And now, uh, tonight, we get to see him line up against the defending state champs, Peyton Holkalter, uh, the quarterback for Jamestown, and that great offense that can put up a lot of points through the air. They can also hurt you on the ground a little bit, too, and uh, pretty sound defensively uh, outside of that loss against Wapiton. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm excited to be out there in Highliner country to see if this uh, Valley City team is for real, and uh, they can check a lot of boxes uh, tonight and open a lot of eyes to win if they can beat Jamestown. Yeah, I think they stamped themselves. And, and just kind of going back in previous years with Scott Rourke's team, very run-heavy, very conservative mm-hmm. is the word offensively, but uh, they've hung their hat on defense the years that they have been strong, and I can't imagine the recipe has changed much. Yeah, and they got Gavin Gerhardt in the backfield who's mm-hmm. been having a terrific season for them and, and a couple of other really good playmakers. But, yeah, defense, man. Uh, that that that'll win you a lot of games, and that'll play once the weather starts to turn, like it is tonight. It gets a little bit colder. Uh, the football is going to be a little bit stiffer uh, for that Jamestown passing attack to try to catch it, to try to throw it. So, uh, defense plays well into October and November if they can make it there. Well, uh, that gets us to a couple of matchups in 11 AA, uh, the 25th Street battle with Davies and Shanley, and I think Davies probably equipped for the colder weather and. That's always kind of been a question on Shanley with that uh, with that spread, the offense. They like to open things up a little bit. Is that conducive for late October, November playoff football? And good test tonight uh, down South Fargo. Right, and that's what I think Troy Mattern has tried to work on a little bit too throughout the season. He knows that they need to get a running game. They were just abysmal running the football the first four or five weeks of the season. I think they've found something with Adam Leininger, a really good linebacker, but one of those guys that'll – hit you in the mouth running the football too and they've used him a lot down by the goal line if they're not throwing up to their six eight six four receivers that they have uh that have come out for football off the basketball floor and Vachiri Hakim and um and a few others but uh it, it'll be interesting because Davies kind of embraces that style right I mean they have Elijah Hayes in the backfield Oliver Luck is as tough as nails and Mason Claybos ran the ball a little bit here and there but he can throw it pretty well so uh, an interesting matchup tonight, and this is, I mean, these have kind of been those two teams, along with Cheyenne, that are kind of fighting for, you know, playoff spots, a home playoff game potentially down the line. 
Um, so it, it, it's going to be an interesting one. Last year, Shanley blew out the Eagles in the season opener, 34 zip. Mm-hmm. So will we get a game like that? Or since the weather's not as nice as it probably was that day, do we get something else? But uh, it, always fun when these two teams get together that are separated by just a mile and a half. Uh, West Fargo and Cheyenne, we will be at that game uh, tonight at 740, the fan. And uh, Cheyenne, you know, just a a very solid running attack. It's not just one guy. It's Race Wilson and uh, and Barry Pendo and Kaniga and Caleb Durrett quarterback. And, I mean, just a, just a steady diet here. And, you know, and West Fargo, you know, has has shown some signs. And, uh, you know, they, they've got to, of course, got to keep the score down. You and I have talked about that before. But they've got to, you know, got to try and handle handle that running attack, try to maybe control the clock, win the turnover battle here, and, and going to have to win maybe a 17-14 style of game. But I think that just plays right into Cheyenne's hands. Yeah, I mean, defensively, I don't think West Fargo's going to be out of the game. I don't think Cheyenne's going to run up the score. Nope. Well, I mean, watch him do that tonight. I don't know. But <laughs> um, I just don't see that because West Fargo is a pretty good defensive team, and it's, so I think it'll be close. But it's just a matter of can West Fargo hit on a couple of big plays. Uh, they're really missing that running aspect, I think, this year with Parker Nelson that they had last year. And um, But one of the guys, I mean, Peyton McGregor has been as good as anyone uh, catching the ball and, and making plays after catch. I mean, an absolutely dynamic receiver. So, you know, Cheyenne is going to pay special attention to him defensively. And if you can shut him down, you really, I mean, handcuff this offense for West Fargo. They can't, they just haven't proven enough outside of that. And it's crazy to think, Brad, this is the, the rematch of the state championship from last year. That's right. But the Mustangs have absolutely dominated this rivalry. They've won six in a row now against West Fargo. Uh, So it's an uphill climb tonight for the Packers. Uh, Cheyenne has started to look like itself again after, you know, maybe some bumps in the road to start the season. But um, you'll get that when they lose as many great seniors as they did. But uh, it's it's Cheyenne's game to lose tonight, you know, it's always a fun matchup when these uh, when this community can come out and support these two teams. But uh, Mustang is definitely a, a favorite tonight. So weird for you guys to say that there's not you know the running game is struggling for the Packers because yeah. all those years I mean Jay Gibson you got a Brennan or Tyler Roll I mean you just expect some big John Riggins type of guy to run through the lineup you know That's yeah a- it's it's definitely and McGregor I, as a return man too I mean special teams that kickoff yeah. return he had you and I saw it against Davies was uh, was terrific. That was outstanding. He is he is quite the player, and on um, both sides of the ball too. I shouldn't take away anything he does defensively. And and Ballstead is another one of those players that if they could get him going in the run game, that would help. But he's usually trying to be the lead blocker a lot of times right. in the backfield, and and an outstanding tackler. That guy will feast tonight uh, on trying to get those Cheyenne running backs down if if they can. Eleven B. I uh, look up at Region Two. Really, two weeks. Uh, actually, game tomorrow. Thompson will be at uh, at Botno, and then Thompson has uh, HCV next week. And uh, I was I ran into Brady Schwab, the uh, athletic director at Thompson, former football coach. Shows up at the volleyball match the other night with uh, Tommy's beat Northern Cass, and um, I said he he, he kind of told me he says if we can get one of at least one of those two games, we know we got a home game in the first round. And I said, yeah, but you might be in the same side of the bracket as Kindred, so kind of pick your poison there. But uh, but a lot of shakeup there. Or I say a lot of potentials, I should say, between Thompson, HCV, and Botnell here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I mean, if Langdon beats Park River and Hillsborough Central Valley beats Rugby, Carrington at Langdon will be for a final playoff spot in Region Two too for. For that, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting because you got Thompson uh, has played really well. Jake Starcevic, a, a sophomore quarterback that has been, you know, 
so good in so many ways for that Thompson program. And they've, it's not like they've been blowing out teams. They've been just finding ways to win. And there's something to be said about winning those close games and what that can teach you as far as when you get into the playoffs. Brad, I mean, me and you have seen it. I mean, that's what playoff football sometimes is, in, especially at this 11B level where there are a lot of good teams. It is really deep. Uh, these last couple of years with the, the change in the football plan, um, and especially this year where things have been a little bit bonkers. I mean, Kindred has, has kind of been there at the top all the way through, but there are some really good teams just in Thompson's region alone. So a lot still to be decided in region two. It's going to be interesting these last couple of weeks. And out west, Trinity at Beulah. Let's not uh, ignore that. That's an uh, interesting matchup. Beulah, uh, after the, the loss to Velva very early on, has gotten back to what you expect from uh, from Coach Dooley's team. Nine-man, the, the one that game that really interests me is out Lamore tonight. Uh, Winemere Lidgerwood's just got one loss, but to me they've kind of flown under the radar a good chunk of the year. I got a chance to see them a couple of weeks ago against Hankinson, and uh, you've got Brant and Arth, a two-headed monster at quarterback and tailback, and um, they can, boy, if they can control the clock, I think they, um, I'm not saying they're going go to go to Townsend Field and win, but I think they can push the Lobos a little bit. Yeah, and the Lobos, I mean, trying to wrap up a second straight undefeated regular season and, you know, make another run at a state championship. But they've been without their quarterback, Anthony Olsen, now for a couple games, got injured in that Mayport CG game. Uh, and they've kind of struggled last week a little bit, just kind of getting that pass game going. So, I don't know. I won't be surprised if Wymere Lidgerwood is able to hang around a little bit in this game and make the Lobos a little bit nervous, especially if Olsen's still out. It sounded like he'd maybe be back for the playoffs and, Lamore Litchfield Marion trying to win tonight so it can get next week off and get that bye uh, in the first round of the playoffs. So that, yeah, I mean, I, I think with Brandt and Arth, I think that gives them a really good shot to play keep away from that Lobos offense and, and kind of grind something out here. And knowing Scott Stringy like I have for over the years, he's got he's got a trick player or two up his sleeve. He's just waiting for the right time to dig it out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you bet. And it could be tonight to try to get that uh, uh, get that region championship. Well, uh, should be uh, should be a fun night, and uh, yes, if you want to check out uh, Jody at uh, ten thirty on uh, Midco uh, Midco Sports Network, uh, Midco Sports uh, right after UND Hockey, not long after UND Hockey, Varsity Sports Live. They do a great job with uh, with a lot of highlights and an analysis from the uh, Dakotas. But uh, bundle up, stay warm, and uh, we will talk soon. Thank you for your time. Sounds good. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate the time as always, and appreciate what you guys do too. All right, very good. Jody Norstead from uh, Midco Sports as uh, twelve fifty-two. Quickly on the Minnesota side, yeah. You, your Trojans. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a big game of the fact it's just a fun rivalry. You're facing a good four A opponent in DL, and in uh, uh, you know DL kind of licking their wounds. They got B tier Pequot here, I think, last week. A very good Pequot team too, yes. right? So I mean, it's uh... we're talking about. The, we thought they were still in eight AA with DGF. They got moved north. Yes, I, I, I did not realize that. Well, it's an interesting matchup between one of the top teams in 2A and a very good team in 4A. And I think, you know, last year DL really had Barnes on the ropes. And then a thunderstorm came in, and it was whatever Coach Strand said to his kids, it was just a, a total went the other way. So it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup coming up uh, tonight. And you know, a lot of good football. Moray goes to Elk River. That's always, you know, it was 50 to 46 last year. Yes. <laughs> so we know what that can be. Um, <laughs> You know, DG, the Highway 10 rivalry with uh, DGF and Holly, obviously DGF a big a favorites in that one. Um, you know, something that's not so close here, speaking of 2A football, that's very intriguing because they've dominated the the 2A circuit for mm-hmm. how long now is yeah. uh, Section 1A, and that's Caledonia taking on Chatfield tonight. And 
if uh, my hometown team goes to the state championship, they're probably going to face one of those two teams. That's just kind of how it works out. And then um, just kind of looking at, uh, you know, just around the area, just a lot of uh, good matchups to kind of maybe get positioning for seeding here as we're getting closer and closer. I think, uh, you know, that's kind of the case right now. Breckenridge would like to upset West Central Area Ashby, I think, you know, just for that, because I think that 6A section is really – Loaded. Yeah, I mean, and it's just balanced too, right? Yep. You don't know how it's going to go. Yep. You, Mills and uh, OTC and Bracken. OTC edged Breckenridge by yep. one, so it just shows you how close this is. You know, it kind of, I think DGF's kind of flying under the radar. I think they're a team that could make a, a run down to the uh, down to the Twin Cities. Nine man, Wheaton Herman Norcross is number one in the state. I know they got they got to the state quarters last year. They got Furtable Trammy in the top five as well. So uh, shout out some of those teams on the Minnesota side, and I know we're going to be over for Holly and Barnesville here a week after next, right at the end yes. of regular season. And uh, how can you say that a week after next? Is only yeah, it's, we're past the halfway MEA point. MEA week. Oh, I know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It'll be Thanksgiving before you know it. It's bonkers. My wife uh, sometimes I don't give her credit for her sports knowledge. She says the football season goes way too fast, and basketball goes forever. That yes, is very I said, uh, said yes, dear. Very true words. I there. said a, a, a lot of times it was a sports widow. She uh, she she gets it. The longest season, though, without question, is hockey. Because if UND hockey starting tonight <laughs> against Holy Cross for the regular season, the force in action tonight with their home uh, tomorrow tomorrow with their home Duvals, opener. Sorry, yep. and then. We know the Frozen Four goes all the way till October. I have done playoff hockey in May. Yeah, so uh, set. all the way to April, I should say. So you got all, you know from October to April is the college hockey season. I, I was corresponding with the uh, some big wig at Nebraska. I was trying to get my college football tournament. He goes, "Just the season be so long." I said, "North Dakota hockey plays hockey from the first week in October until <laughs> mid April." Goes, oh, we should maybe look at that as far as I said. Well, okay, you don't have to change it. Just don't give me this. The season will be too long if you had a college football tournament. There you go. All right. Uh, Jack, we'll be back on Monday. Jack Michael's show, and uh, we'll talk some Vikings and much more. Have a great weekend. Uh, high school football tonight here on The Fan. West Fargo at Cheyenne. Pre-game about 645. Kickoff at 7. UND Hockey tonight on KFGO. Tomorrow here on The Fan. As it'll be a, a 7 o'clock, a little after 7 of the faceoff tonight, 6 tomorrow, and that'll be here on 740. The fan with Fighting Hawks football at Youngstown over on uh, 790 KFGL. For Derek Hansen, I'm Brad Anderson. Have a great weekend. Common Man's next.